Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Players Experience Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome in Chris Belanovich, the Manager of Communications for the Toronto Ar- Argos, and Chris joins us for session number two of this month's speaker series. We talked with Chris about his work with MLSC and how his in- internship led him to the job now with the Argos and what that whole process was like. We also talk about his unique work experiences with Matt Black and Pinball Clemens and what it's like to be back in the locker room from playing uh, university football to now working behind the scenes in communications with the Argos and so much more. Before we bring Chris onto the show, we of course would like to give a shout out to our sponsors, Jay Solti Photography and Vicmar Productions for their work each and every week with the episodes, as well as 19 Marketing for their production uh, with our merch that is now available for purchase. On top of that, guys, we have partnerships with the Jaywalk, Hush Blankets, and the Great North Apparel, so use the Players Experience Code for some discounts when you check out with those great organizations as well. And lastly, guys, if you haven't done it yet, make sure to hit the subscribe button so and hit the like and follow so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes as we produce episodes each and every week with new and exciting guests to talk about their favorite moments and, of course, their experiences. Now, without further ado, let's bring Chris onto the show and start talking about his role with the Argos and how he got into his position. I'm doing fantastic, Ryan. How are you, brother? I'm great, man. Yo, it's been a while since we've seen each other. How have things been throughout this whole pandemic for you? How you been keeping busy? Uh, things have been good. They're as good as they can be. Um, I mean, I haven't been doing much. Just work, right? There's not a whole lot we can do. Finally, the weather's starting to turn. You know, I got out a little bit this weekend, rode my bike around. Uh, golf's open now. Open to get out on the links pretty soon, but. Um, yeah, hopefully um, things start turning for the better and we play some football this summer and we get some fans in the stands, but, uh, you know, fingers crossed for that for sure. I know. I, don't worry. I got my season tickets on hold over there. I, oh, I love it. I know. You're a, you're a big Argos guy. Yeah, I got you blocked. Don't worry. So. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, well, yeah, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show, to be episode two of the Speaker Series Month. We're really excited to have you on to talk about your work with the Argos and kind of how you got into things. Uh, before we get rolling, I like to start each every or each episode off with a segment called Rapid Fire. So I'm going to shoot four questions at you, and just first thing that comes to mind, let me know what they are. So, favorite time of day? Let's go with the morning, right after breakfast, you know, get a nice breakfast, give you some bacon, some eggs, you're productive, you're ready to go, uh, you got the whole day in front of you, I'm going with the morning. Love it. Right after, right, right after I get out of bed, though, it takes a bit to get out of bed, but as soon as I'm up and after breakfast, I'm good to go. <laughs> I know, that struggle right at first thing in the morning is a bit of a stretch. But... Just about getting out of bed, it's all you got to do. <laughs> uh, strangest thing in your fridge right now? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm sure there's something with a bit of mold on it that needs to go in the garbage. Um, don't have too much that strange. Probably something that just needs to be tossed out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, TV show that you're currently watching? Uh, I just started the startup, actually, with 
Adrian Brody, I think that's his name. Seth from the OC, for any OC fans. Um, it's pretty intriguing. A lot going on. Um, maybe four or five episodes in. Um, okay. I'm enjoying it. I think it's worth a watch, the startup. It's on Netflix. All right. We'll definitely get that checked out. Uh, and favorite sport? Football. Colpits, football. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Outside of the Argos and outside of football, what would it be a, a sport? Outside of football, my favorite sport. Oh man, you know what? P- playing or watching? Let's go watching because that's all we can do right now. Yeah, good point. I'm gonna go with basketball. I'm gonna go with basketball. Go Raptors. All right. I know it's a disappointing season for them, but you know what? We'll bounce back next yeah. year. It was a tough situation at Tampa Bay away from home, right? So, but exactly. we'll bounce back. Now, when did sports become such a passion for you? Good question. <clears throat> so, I mean, sports were part of my entire life, my entire youth, my entire teenage years, my entire up until this point, through 33 years, I've been uh, a huge sports fan. I played everything growing up. Um, I specialized a bit more in high school than I played football for a year in university, but really it became a passion or I realized it was a passion of mine. I would say, you know, not until I was in my, my twenties and your late twenties, I think when you're growing up and you're playing sports, you love sports, you consume sports. I don't know if you realize at the time that it's like a passion of yours. Right. And I didn't realize it till after I was a teacher for four years, but I realized that it wasn't really going to be for me and what I I was looking for my next step, my next opportunity. And I remember I always had this conversation with my mom and it was, well, what are you passionate about? And it just kept coming up sports, sports, sports. So I think that's really when it clicked for me, maybe in my late twenties that, you know what, I'm unbelievably passionate about sports and I would love to work in that industry one day. And here I am. No, it's definitely been great for you, and, and I'm with you, man. Like, I started growing up watching sports, but then never really had that passion for it until, I think, yeah, like, early 20s for me, and, um, and yeah, it's been a, a wild ride since, and, and because you work in sports, like, you took the sport management program at Durham. Throughout that program, um, what would you have to say would be the most challenging skill that you were able to learn from and be able to implement and use today? You know, it's funny. Um, if you remember Kate Howes, her, she had a class. So that was one of our profs. Me and Ryan went to school together for the audience in case we didn't know. You didn't know. Um, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what the class was or was about, but we had one assignment where you had to write a press release. Now, this is before my internship. This is before I knew anything about anything. I didn't know what a press release was. Not a clue. Didn't even understand it when we got the assignment. So I remember I'm a huge Green Bay Packers fan. I decided I'll do it Green Bay Packers related. And I just wrote a press release. I think a player got injured. Maybe I wrote a press release on that, which is funny now because I write press releases, you know, hundreds of them every year, hundreds of them every year. So it's, it, it's funny looking back on that now. And I had no idea what it was. Didn't understand what it was used for. And I actually think the press release I wrote was something that we would never do. It was just like a player got hurt, you know, it was going to be out for a week or two. We, we wouldn't put a press release out for a player who was just going to be out for a week. You know, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's funny to look back on it now. It was probably such a terrible press release. I probably did it all wrong. But um, it's cool to look back and think that 
you know, uh, you, you took something tangible from um, that specific class anyways, and brought it into, uh, you know, something I'm doing now. So, so it's kind of, it's kind of cool to look back at that. And honestly, yo, shout out Kate, because her classes were amazing. She was so... They were good. Yep. Sir, because the, any critiques that we had or that she had, she she wouldn't come at you. She would come with you on them and be like, hey, like, this is good, but, like, here's how it would be made better, right? And Definitely. She was an awesome prof. They were all awesome. I think you you and I would both agree that that was an awesome eight months, four months in class, but uh, the, it, was such a, it, it was such a great experience. No, for sure. And uh, being the Packers fan that you are, someone that I follow on Twitter uh, that plays Twitch streaming of Warzone just signed with the Packers, Kurt Benkert. Yeah, I saw that, a quarterback. Yeah. I it's funny, like, I had never, I had actually never heard of this guy until they signed him. He played for the Texans before? Falcons. Who? The Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, that's right, that's right, that's right, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I got a new uh, new guy to look look after. How, how do you think your boy Rogers is gonna do? Is he coming back or what's the deal? Brian, he Aaron Rodgers will be Green Bay's quarterback this year. Yeah. Okay. You heard Bank it. it. Bank it. You, you heard it first. You heard it here first. Aaron Rodgers is coming back this year. He told me personally, <laughs> but probably not. Probably no more years after this, though. He's 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 toast after this. I think. Oh man. Well, it's tough. It'll, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens in there. and uh, Definitely. Now, currently, you work with the Toronto Argos as the manager of communications. How are you able to get your foot in the door with the Argos? And what was that whole experience like for you and the transition from, obviously, our school and our, our internships to, to landing a spot with the Argos? So... I got my internship when we were in school together with the uh, Toronto Raptors. So I did a media relations internship with them. So it was, it ended up being five months because they made the playoffs. So this was in 2017 and it was an incredible experience. I learned so much from the Raptors organization. They had the best communications or PR team in the NBA. Um, they're just, they're such a pleasure to work with such um, experts in their field. It, it was it was awesome. I loved every second of it. So that really got my foot in the PR door and the media relations door. And I found myself really loving it and, and, and wanting that to be sort of my career path going forward. So when I was interning there, I knew that I was obviously a huge football guy and I would love to work in football one day. So I reached out to, uh, at the time, the director of communications for the Argos. His name was Jamie Dykstra. And I just asked him for a cup of coffee, right? Something just like we're doing now an informational interview and um, met up with them, had a nice chat. And I said, wait, when the season comes along, I'd love to, um, I'd love to come out, shadow you, job shadow you. And just, if there's any volunteer opportunities available, fantastic. So season comes along, I email them again. Hey, if you're available, I would love to come out. Sure. Come out. It was August, mid August. I think I went out, I shadowed him end of the game. He says, one of our guys is leaving do you want a job? I'm like, pardon? He's like, do you want a job here? I'm like, absolutely. Yes. Couldn't, couldn't get the words out of my mouth quick enough. So just like that, I think, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks later, I'm working for the Argos two and a half months after that, we're hoisting the gray cup over our head. So for me, that's all it took, right? It was just the right time, right opportunity, luck. I, was just in the right place at the right time. I had that informational interview with them and, and 
I mean, look at where it got me now. It was, it's incredible when I think back on it now. And I can't thank him and, and the Raptors and everything I learned in that sort of beginning journey enough. It was just amazing. And the experiences I've had since I've, you know, gotten into sports and, and, and with MLSC have been just so incredible. So it was a, a, a pretty cool start to my uh, career here. That's great. Now, honestly, it, I chatted with Mike last week uh, about his role with the Peterborough Pete's, and he said the same thing. He went out for a cup of coffee, coffee with some people, and he landed a job with the Pete's. So it, it seems like coffee is a pretty big trend in the sports world, and that's how you get the information rolling and, and the, the connections made. Because as we both know, in sports, like a sports world is so small uh, and yep. tight knit that like everyone knows everyone. So that's how you get your name out there too. Definitely. I tell people that all the time. The sports industry is, it's very small. It's smaller than you think it is. And, and everyone knows each other. And sometimes it's that, just that little cup of coffee or that little Zoom interview that you do with someone just like this. It, it, it goes a long way and it can really, uh, it, it gets your foot in the door. Absolutely. Now, throughout your time with the Argos so far, what has been probably your biggest challenge that you've had to come outside of, obviously, the pandemic and mm -hmm. get fans in the stands, but as your role with uh, communications, what's been that biggest challenge for you? I would say the biggest challenge I've faced so far has just been the, the, the very start, when I first started um, full-time with the Argos. So when I started the story I just told um, in uh, 2017, when I started there, I was on a contract till till December. So I'd only worked there for about four months and then my contract was up. And then at that time, MLSC had just purchased the team. So I didn't get brought back again till May. So there was a four or five month stretch there where I was just working part-time jobs, just you know, trying to make some money that way while I was looking for opportunities. And then I got a call and they brought me back in. Well, they didn't really bring anyone else in at the time. So it was just me. Um, for training camp and then they brought in um, Mike Hogan who's the play-by-play -play voice of the Argos and, and he's my colleague so he was coming from the media side of things and with no real PR experience and I was coming with you know an internship and then three months of PR experience so not a whole lot so it was basically feet to the fire learn everything you can training camp is the um, I would say it's the most intense time of the year. You got the most players around, the most media going on every day. It's just there's so much going on. Players are getting cut, players are getting flown in. There's a ton going on. It's so busy. And it was just such a learning curve for me. Um, you know, I'm no longer an intern. I'm no longer just doing sort of small little things. You know, I'm taking care of the big responsibilities. And it was quite an eye opener for me. Um, you know, I'm not afraid to admit I made a lot of mistakes, but you know, it's good to make mistakes, right? Especially early. You don't want to make them over and over again, right? I try and learn from my mistakes. I won't make those same mistakes again, but um, there's no better way to learn than being thrown right into the fire. So the biggest challenge I've had thus far in my career was definitely just getting started, getting my feet wet, learning how things work, especially because I was coming from a bit of a, uh, a basketball PR, which is a little bit different than football in terms of how they do things and, and, and the guidelines around that. So um, I definitely have come a long way and I think I'm a lot better for it. No, and that's great. And, and like you said, you learn from your mistakes. I mean, everyone's, 
no one's a, a robot over here. You're going to make mistakes Definitely. in a while, and uh, it's all a learning curve. So it, it just helps sure. improve as a person too. Now, since, point. since March of last year, including having one season canceled, hopefully there's a season taking place this year. But, I mean, fingers crossed, who knows. Um, obviously, with other sport leagues like Montreal with Game 6, uh, if the Leafs go to Game 6, they're going to have fans in the stands and with like that, the kind of surroundings around that. What's the hopes of this year? And what have been the viewpoints from your perspective in a communication role and having to deal with so many different elements and, and those elements changing almost on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, it's been hard for everyone involved. I mean, and it's, you know, it's easy to point fingers or to, to give blame, but we're, it's, it's, we're in a tough position, right? The league is in a tough position. We're in a, you know, we're in a pandemic, right? And it's, it's things change by the hour, by the day, by the week. You know, it, it, it's easy to have a plan and say, okay, we can start opening things up here. By this day, we can have this many fans. By this day, we can have so, this many fans. But, you know, things change, right? We, we, we've seen in this province already where we, we make plans and then you got you, you to gotta cancel those plans because, you know, where the, uh, a second or third wave comes through. So it's a really difficult spot the league is in right now. And listen, we, we want to play, obviously, right? 2020 was canceled. It was hard on the entire league, on a lot of people. A lot of people got laid off. Uh, either either temporarily, you know, permanently to save money. And we want nothing more than to play this year. I personally just am dying to just get back in the office, get to training camp, just, just have a routine. So I think the biggest thing, especially from a communication standpoint, is, you know, all our media opportunities, or most of them come obviously when we're playing. Yeah. Um, that's when we can get our brand out there. We can get our, our, our players' brands out there. We can tell those stories, right? When, when it's the off-season, especially when you had a canceled season, those media opportunities kind of dry up a little bit, right? Especially when hockey playoffs are going on. The Raptors, obviously, were going on all season. Um, you know, TFC just recently started up in Florida. So it's been, it's been difficult that way to have almost two years of, of no practices, no games, nothing. So from my perspective it's just if we start playing those we can finally get those media opportunities going again and and it's just it's good for everybody involved we need it the country needs it <laughs> no definitely man and like obviously i'm nowhere near a media kind of stand for my sports but with like special olympic sports they've been canceled since 2019 as well like i haven't played baseball in a couple of years I know my baseball season already this year has been canceled, so it's wild. Mm -hmm. So, uh, no, I'm with you. Fingers crossed, man, that we can get uh, some football going this year and uh, and get those some fans in the stands. Obviously, definitely great to, to have that scattered approach. But yeah, it's, you know, it's funny you said that actually. So it's not even yes, I want the CFL to start, but we need U sports to play, right? We need the grass. Uh, the grassroots level to play at in every sport, right? I'm not just talking about football, but like kids need that outlet. So we uh, hopefully we get things moving. Vaccines, vaccinations are starting to to pile up, and then we can get everything open. You know, you can start playing baseball, and we can all do our thing. And Special Olympics can get fired up again, and and we'll be right back to normal hopefully very soon. 
Yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed. <laughs> now, outside of the challenges that obviously come with your role and your responsibility, there's obviously a lot of rewards and benefits. Like you mentioned, you started your job and two months later, you got to hoist the gray cup over your head. That was pretty, obviously a pretty cool feeling. What has been the most rewarding aspect of your job so far outside of carrying the gray cup over your head? I would say the most rewarding part of my job so far. So I played football at the University of Ottawa in uh, first year university, which is 2007 for me. And I, I transferred schools after first year to a non-football school. So my thinking at the time was one of my biggest things was, am I going to miss football? If I thought I was really going to, if I thought I was really going to miss football, I'll stay. But I was like, eh, you know what? I don't think I'll miss it that much, so it'll be fine. Turns out it wasn't very long after I had transferred. I was like, maybe kind of regret leaving football. And it wasn't in between the lines. And you hear a lot about this. You've spoken to a lot of retired athletes. They've probably touched on this too, what they miss most about playing. It's the locker room. It's the camaraderie with with the other guys, right? It's those relationships you built. It's It's – post-practice, post-game, right, in the locker room. And it's that's the thing I miss the most. And I find I get all that back with this job. You know, I, I'm in the locker room every day. You're, you're flying on the team plane. You're at every game. You, you, you feel the same emotions when you lose. You feel the same um, highs when you win. It's, it's you know, uh, say there's 100 people in the organization, 100 people working towards that one goal, and everyone's in unison and lockstep towards that one thing, right? Winning a great cup. And it's just such an awesome feeling that, you know, I, I don't know if you get that feeling from just sort of, say, a, a normal nine to five job, right? Or just a, a, an office type job. So it's very cool and unique in that respect. And it's completely rewarding. And I love that I get to have those feelings again, like I had when I was um you know playing high level sports no that's great i'm like i know that feeling all too well i work with whippy dunlop's men's hockey team doing their social media stuff and uh yeah it's like you're always in the locker room doing interviews and stuff and then just being able to like hang out with the guys after and, and celebrate the wins or look yep. at the losses and how to improve those losses and put them into wins right and um, it's yeah. awesome super rewarding like you said now, another rewarding aspect of your job has to be working with the now GM and former Toronto Argo, Mike Pinball Clemens. As most know, Pinball took a GM role recently and has obviously has been doing a great job with the team. From a communication standpoint, though, what is it like to work with a man like him who will take all the time in the world to engage with the fan base? I know like when we've chatted, like I've chatted with him personally, he will stand there for half an hour and talk with you guys. And like, I've seen his, his like cohort media team be like, Mike, we gotta go. He's like, yeah, yeah, one, one second. It's like 20 minutes later. So working in comms, what's it like working with a man like him? It is amazing. I mean, pinball is, he's, you can't, I don't know, you can't even define the guy. He's, a, he's incredible, amazing wonderful all those things he's just the most incredible human being and like you said he has time for anybody and everybody and you meet him for the very first time and you talk to him for 10 seconds you'll feel like you've known the guy for 20 years he'll treat you like you've known he's known you for 20 years 
And it's funny you said that about, you know, his media team trying to trying to hurry him through that. It, it can be a little bit, you know, like, OK, Michael, we're, you know, we're on a schedule here. Let's, let's get going. But, um, man, it's so awesome to work for someone like that and to work with someone like that because he's so receptive and open to media and to getting, uh, you know, the Argos brand out there since he's lived and breathed it for, you know, the last 30 years or whatever it was since he got here in, I think, 88, 89, 87 in that range and it's just so wonderful i mean when we when he first signed here and we did a little media tour it, it was very cool to kind of go from spot to spot with him breakfast television you know uh we did uh overdrive jay and dan tim and sid and just walking through part like the studio parking lots and just random people coming up to him and being like hey i saw you speak at you know my son's school 15 years ago or you know, we've met here, we met there, and he's just got time for everybody. He's the nicest person on the planet. He's obviously a motivational speaker as well. So our meetings are, are sometimes can be just awesome when he's, uh, you know, giving us sort of an inspirational um, pep talk. But he, he also, you know, challenges us, right? So we have meetings weekly, bi-weekly, and he usually leaves us, leaves us with... Um, a challenge right for that week so it's whether it might even just be something as small as reach out to someone who you haven't talked to in quite a while and just check in on them see how they're doing right things like that so again again i'll go back to the communications thing he always tells me he says if you ask me to do it i'll do it so he understands that you know it, it's part of his job to, to to promo the argos right and he's just doing such an amazing job at it and um, we are very, very lucky to have them um, in the GM role for sure. No, and, and yeah, you touched on all the key points. Like he's been amazing. And one thing that you need to do as a as the communications manager is when you see Rod Black next, when he's calling the next football game, get Rod and Mike in the same room because I had Rod on the on an episode a little while okay. ago, and we were chatting about his relationship with football because they have a really tight knit relationship, yep. and he has a like nine out of 10 spot on um, impersonation of pinball. <laughs> you need to get I got to see it. I got to see it. You yeah. know, what's funny is that everyone has a pinball impression. It seems everyone seems like they got their own version of it. It's really funny. It's really funny. Yeah. He's such a unique guy. That's great. Now I'm going to get pinball up. And if we got the clearance for however it works, broadcast coming in and Rob Black's in the stadium, I'm getting pinball up there. We'll get uh, we'll get a nice little back and forth going with them doing their impressions of each other. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that, that'll be prime content for the channel. You know? Definitely. Now, what has been one of your favorite moments to experience, either on the field or off the field, throughout your job? I mean, it's Ryan. It's got to be the Great Cup. Got to be the Great Cup. I would say. So I'll, I got two. Okay. One is not exactly related to the Argos, but it's MLSC related. So one is the Grey Cup, definitely. It was so unbelievably cool to be a part of that experience, especially at such – I feel like I, I didn't really deserve it. I was there for two and a half months, and I was already – you know, I got a, had a ring on my finger, and some people wait decades for that. So that was so cool. And just the way the game went in 2016, 2017, it was a snowstorm. There was like a hundred yard uh, touchdown reception, 95 yard uh, scoop and score, fumble recovery, touchdown, two point conversions. It was a wild, wild game. 
so cool to be a part of that. And then the second um, awesome thing that I got to be a part of was, so because I, um, I'm in PR at MLC and because I did my internship with Raptors PR, so they, between, you know, 17 and, and the last time I played in Toronto, um, I got to be a part of every playoff series. So just, just helping out with media relations duties um, post-game or pre-game. So I got to be a part of every NBA Finals game. So I was there for every home NBA Finals game. And that was just, those are memories I will never forget. It was another amazing experience I got to be a part of. And then, you know what, something just came to my mind too. Uh, when the NHL bubble was going on last year in Toronto, I got to work all those games, right? So there's no fans in the stands, but I got to be there sitting in the stands just watching playoff hockey. I mean, how awesome is that, right? So. Uh, MLSC has afforded me a lot of um, very cool memories and, and it's just awesome. So you're, what you're basically saying is when you had the Leafs role or when you got to watch the Leafs and it was like one of you were one of few in the stands it was like an, uh, an uh, I'm blanking on the word but basically instead of watching it on a 60 inch TV you're like this is your, your own personal viewing experience over here. It was like when you're, wa- when you're just sitting there watching you're thinking I'm watching playoff hockey right now live and there's only maybe call it 50 people in the arena doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Like people would kill to be watching this playoff hockey live right now. And I'm one of 50 people in this arena who get to do it. So that was such a cool, like humbling experience. That's awesome. Now, before I wrap up this, uh, our chat, I do have to ask one question that just came to mind. Mm -hmm. I had a friend and colleague of yours, Matt Black on the show back uh, a little while ago as well. And uh, <laughs> I submitted your question to him asking which uh, guy has the best playoff le- or best legs in the room. I think that's what the question was. And when he, he shouted you out saying, there's one guy, he's our comms guy, and he has the tiniest little legs, but the biggest body I've ever seen. What's your response to that? He was talking about Mike Hogan. Mike Hogan, not me. Oh, was he? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He was talking about me. Listen, what I want to say to Matt Black, Matt, and the rest of the world, <laughs> I've been working out my legs all pandemic long. No joke, I have been, and they've grown a lot. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. I got some pants that no longer fit because my legs are growing. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to send that to Matt so he, we can have a little rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to call him right after this. Oh, good. Hey, include me on that call and I'll be the moderator. Definitely. Awesome. Amazing. Now, to wrap up every episode, I like to do a segment called uh, Words of Wisdom. So what would your words of wisdom or advice be for the next generation of students or uh, the next individual that wanted to get into the sports world and, and kind of make a name for themselves and get into the industry of sport? So I get, you know, every time I do one of these sort of informational interviews, I get that question a lot. And I... I feel repetitive because I say the same thing every single time, but I do think it's, um, it's good advice. And I think it's to do this, right? This informational interview. So whether it's, I mean, you can't really grab a cup of cup of coffee with anyone right now, obviously, but reach out to people via email, um, you know, phone call, even if you, you know, you end up getting their number and you could text them or set up a zoom call. It's do this face-to-face interaction and ask them questions about, um, you know, their job, their, um, 
their role, their organization, their team, their business, whatever it might be, and do it a thousand times. Get your face in front of as many people as you can, because like we talked about earlier, it's a small industry, right? And you can definitely get your foot in the door by just having, again, I got lucky and I was in the right place at the right time when I, I just had an informational interview type thing and ended up getting a job out of it. Like you said, Mike, same deal, right? So sometimes that's all it takes, but do it as many times as you can with as many different people, as many different roles, different organizations as you can. And, you know, sometimes that's all it takes and it really goes a long way. You learn a lot and um, I think you make some some friends along the way too. So it's, I think that's the best advice I can give anyone looking to um, break into the sports industry. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to share your experiences about your role and everything and kind of sort out the debate about your legs with Matt Black. I uh, appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we will see you uh, sooner that, rather than later on the football field, uh, hopefully by August or September for sure. Yes, sir. Ryan Colby, as I like to call you. Um, thanks so much. I really appreciate you having me on and um, get me out to your course soon so I can play golf. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, pal. All right, brother.